You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. You know, there's many sounds that you hear in San Antonio, but, but there's a sound that we don't normally hear, and that, that's the sound of a rooster. We hear planes and trains. We hear cars and trucks. We hear loud music. We hear sirens. We hear kids playing. We hear lawnmowers and weed eaters and blowers. We hear raindrops, especially yesterday, and thunder and lightning. And depending on what area of town you lived on, you might have even heard some hail coming down. But we don't normally hear roosters, especially roosters crowing. I grew up in a small city in Arkansas, and a couple houses down, there were two roosters. And I hated these roosters. I mean, those things crowed and crowed and crowed. And especially like between 6 and 7 o'clock a.m., I mean, one would crow, and then another would crow, and I'd put my pillow over my head. And there was more than once that I just wanted to go down and have a little rooster sacrifice. I mean, I just, I just couldn't stand it. I mean, I just could not stand those things going over and over and over again. Today, we're continuing to talk about Peter. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about Peter's call of how he was a fisherman, and, and Jesus called him uh, to be a fisher of, of men and women and children. Uh, we, we talked about him being in the storm and how he walked on water, but then he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. Uh, we talked about his good confession in Matthew chapter 16, where he says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the, the son of the living God. Richard last week talked about transfiguration, where Peter was involved in that. And today we're going to talk about one of Peter's greatest failure, denying Christ three times before the rooster crows. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 14. We're going to be camped out there today. Mark chapter 14. Let's go ahead and start reading. It says, On the way Jesus told them, All of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone, de- everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. Peter can't imagine denying Christ. He's been following Jesus for the last three years. He's heard his teaching. He's seen his miracles. He's been eating with Jesus. He's done ministry with Jesus. Jesus isn't just a teacher, isn't just a rabbi. He's his master. He's all in. He's committed. And when Jesus says, you're going to deny me, you're going to desert me, he can't imagine that happening. 
No, I'll never do it. Even if Andrew and James and John deserts you, if the rest of the apostles, no, Jesus, you can count on me. I will die for you, Jesus. I'm committed. I'm all in for you. And, and, the, and this inspires the rest of the disciples, the rest of the apostles. And they say the same thing. Hey, we'll die with you, too. You know, in this room, we can't ever imagine denying Christ. We, we, we can't ever get into that spot that we would deny Christ. But it happened for Peter. And, and his world was, was shook. If we fast forward a little bit, Judas comes and betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He leads a detachment of soldiers and high priests and religious people. And Jesus is arrested and he's taken to the high priest's house. And if you look at the Gospels, everyone has a little bit of a different angle of what takes place. But they can all agree that Peter fails. We Fast forward to verse 66. Let's read it. It says this. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below and one of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. I believe it's Luke that says it was a charcoal fire. Keep that in mind, especially next week. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. She, she looked at him closely and said, you're one of those those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. And just then, the rooster crowed. Peter, the man who was so self-confident. I'll never deny you, Christ. I'll die for you. Actually, he was in the garden and he takes out his sword and he's ready to defend Jesus. He's got some courage. He might be a little crazy, but he's got some courage. And then the servant girl comes up and says, hey, you're one of those Jesus guys. And he says, girl, you need to check your glasses. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those Jesus guys. And the rooster crowed once. What did that rooster say? Peter, you just failed, buddy. Peter, you just deny Christ. Peter, you're so self-confident, but what just happened? This little servant girl, this little servant girl made you deny Christ. You're this big, tough fisherman. And, and you get into this situation. Your world's turned upside down. You don't understand what's going on. Jesus, your Messiah, your Lord has been arrested. You're scared. You don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden you crumble. That, that, that rooster crows. We see again in the next passage we're going to, going to read that Peter denies Christ again. It says when the servant girl saw him uh, standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. Peter denied it once. Now Peter denies it 
again. I, I think Peter at this point in time, after the first time, he wanted to be that invisible disciple. I mean, he, he, he's just trying to kind of cover up. He didn't want anyone to really know who he is. And this girl comes up and says, hey, they get together and like, you're one of those Jesus guys. I, I can't, be, I can't be, think but wonder, hey, is that the one that, that cut off the high priest servant's ear? Is that the guy? And again, Peter fails. Let's continue reading. A little later, some of the other bystanders confront Peter and said, you must be one of them because you're a what? Galilean. Matthew tells us this. A little later, some of the other bystanders come over to Peter and said, you must be one of them uh, one of them, we can tell by your Galilean accent. Galileans were kind of country boys. I, I can't help but wonder, did, did Peter have that Texas twang in his voice? Did, did he use some words like y'all? And they, they were not the most educated people. They didn't always speak the best proper English words. They, they were known to be part of rebellions. And evidently they hear Peter speaking and say, hey, you, you, you're one of those followers of Jesus. You're one of them. Let's see what happens next. In the text. And Peter swore a curse on me. If I'm lying... I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately what happened? The rooster crowed the second time. Luke adds, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling at this very moment? The rooster crows and Jesus turns. Mark 14, suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Peter was raised in an agricultural society. He had seen roosters and heard roosters many times. Many times those roosters would wake him up. And say, hey, a new day's begun. It's time to go fishing. He heard roosters all the time. But now that rooster crowing meant something totally different to him. That, that, that rooster reminded him of his failure. Reminded him of him denying Christ three times. That rooster brought him to tears. This man that he loved so much. And when... Jesus was on trial and going through all of these things. Peter didn't have the courage to stand up. And that rooster began to crow, you're a failure. You're not worthy. You're nothing, Peter. I don't know about you, but I've been in the same boat. I've got a rooster. I've failed and I've wept. And I've been sorrowful. My rooster crows a lot. There, there's times that I preach. 
and I don't feel like I connect, and I don't feel like the illustration landed, and I, and I walk out of here, and that rooster egg crows, he says, man, you're a terrible preacher. You don't deserve to ever be up on stage again. There's been times that difficult situations have happened in the church. People leave the church, and my rooster crows, and it says, you should never be in ministry. You should leave. You should get out. There's been times that I've blown it as a father, that I didn't have patience with my kids. I've said things or did things, and I haven't been as loving as what I needed to be, and met my rooster crows. He says, you're a terrible father. You shouldn't ever give anyone advice about fatherhood because you're the worst. And then there's times that, that I've blown it as a husband, that I'm not loving or patient or kind enough. And my rooster again crows and says, what a joke. You're a hypocrite. How can you ever give advice about marriage? You failed so many times. As a friend, sometimes my rooster crows when I'm not there for my friends. Sometimes when I'm driving, my rooster crows and I make a mistake. My rooster crows and says, you're just like everyone else in San Antonio. You can't drive. <laughs> in fact, a few months ago, I was in my hometown. We were driving and I was pointing to my kids, a couple of the sites, and, and all of a sudden my rooster crowed. And when we were going down this road, it was where my first accident took place. I, I, I'll never forget it. It's Sally Ann. There was a little Sally Ann uh, gas station there. And, and even though I told my rooster, hey, the accident wasn't my fault, that, that, that rooster said, hey, you know what? Yes, that person ran the red light, but if you'd have looked both ways and saw that car coming, you wouldn't have hit her. My rooster said, you're a failure. Don't ever forget it. I'm imagining some of you have some roosters that crow in your life. I, I imagine that you have a rooster that says you're not good enough. That, that you've messed up. That, that there's, there's times in your life that you didn't get the good grade, that you got the failing grade, and your, your rooster says, man, you're a failure. You're never going to pass the class. You're never going to be good enough. And there, there's that rooster that crows that says, when you don't get into the college that you want to, it says, oh, you're nothing. You're not good enough. You're a failure. And there's times when your marriage falls apart or it's going through struggles, and that rooster crows and says, you're a terrible husband or, or wife, or you won't, you're not good enough to even have someone in your life. Sometimes that rooster crows when, when you take that pregnancy test and you find out that you're not pregnant again. And, and again, you feel like a, a failure. When you go through financial difficulties, when you can't pay the bills, when you have to go for help, that rooster crows and says, what's wrong with you? Well, why can't you pay your bills? It says you'll never get out of debt. You'll never get on your feet. Sometimes that rooster crows when you promise, I won't self-medicate anymore. I, I, I won't drink anymore. I won't take the drugs. I won't look at pornography. I won't do whatever you fill in the blank. And then you give in and your rooster crows and says, man, you are scum of the earth. You're never going to get better. You're never going to break the chains of addiction. And your rooster crows. 
Sometimes you promise yourself, I'm just going to eat a couple of Oreos, just a couple of scoops of ice cream. And then you get to the bottom of the carton and the, or you go through the whole box of Oreos and your rooster crows. All kinds of bad things I can't even say in church. You, you put on the pants and the pants are tight or you get onto the scale and all of a sudden your rooster crows and says all of these bad things about you. My guess is you have a rooster that crows. What I find is in the midst of our What I find is, I believe the words that Mark Batterson said. He said, Satan prowls like a lion, but he crows like a rooster. Amen. He he prowls like a lion. Man, he wants to hurt us and he wants to kill us. But man, he sure does crow like a rooster. He sure does make a lot of noise. He tries to beat us down time and time again. I love the words of Dave Stone. I think I've said these before to you. Satan knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. And Jesus knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. The power of Christ. Jesus doesn't just see our sin. He died for our sin. That's what Easter is all about. His his life was put, his, his body was put on the cross. His blood was shed so that we could have eternal life. And Jesus doesn't see our sin. He wiped away our sin. And he calls us by our name. But what I find time and time again is we don't want to deal with our failure. We don't want to deal with our sin. See, failure leads us to shame and shame, poke, shame pokes drain holes into our spirit-filled confidence. Failure and shame tells us to hide from everyone. We, we, we don't want to deal with it. In the Bible, there's several, several examples of, of people that hid. I, I didn't put it up on screen, but you think about Adam and Eve. As soon as they failed, as soon as they sinned, they hid. I, I think about the woman with five failed marriages that went to the well. She didn't think anyone else would be there in John chapter 4, but Jesus ended up being there. She was hiding. I, I think about King David who tried to hide his failure and created even a bigger mess. I think about the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, who was unclean and uncomfortable and tried to hide in the crowd, hoping to to go unnoticed as she touched Jesus in Luke chapter 8. And she touches Jesus and Jesus says, hey, who touched me? And and you you can just get this sense. She didn't want anyone to know. We we tend to, to do the same thing, don't we? We tend to hide our failure and our shame in our homes, in our offices, in our housework, in our yard work, behind the lawnmower and the blower and the weed eater, behind our computers and phones and newspapers and magazines. We put on our earphones. We binge Netflix and ESPN. We hide in our busyness and our procrastination. We hide in our lies and divisionary conversations. We hide from these. We don't want to deal with our failure and our sin and our mistakes. But this morning, I want to give you some good news. I want to give you some good news. We hide, yet our rooster still crows. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this. He's talking about his thorn in the flesh. He has this thing that won't go away, most likely it's a physical thing. But he says, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in what? In weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness 
so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's all say that together. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The rooster may crow, but my God created the rooster. My God says, yes, you will fail. And yes, sometimes you need to be convicted of your sin. And yes, you need to do some hard thinking and you need transformation. But failure is not your name. Shame is not your name. You are a child. You're a child of the king. Amen and amen and amen. And so when your rooster crows, you tell him, You tell them, I'm a child of the king. I will no longer live in the bondage of shame and failure. I will throw away those chains. I'm a child of the king. Amen.